Hello and welcome to this edition of the Book of James. We are in James chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at uh, verses 12 to 18. And there are three major points that we can pull out of this. And Craig Blomberg uh, summarizes them so well. He says the, the first one is Christians can acknowledge God's goodness and testing because they know they'll be blessed after passing the test. Christians should not blame God for temptation because they and not God are the problem. And three, Christians should acknowledge God as the source of everything good. And so we're going to walk through verses 12 to 18, and we'll see how those lessons come out for us. So verse 12, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Well, there are a lot of terms in this verse, and so I want to define a few of them. Uh, We'll come back to blessed at the end, but some translations say blessed is the man, but uh, the term is inclusive of both male and female. To persevere is to remain stable, uh, to not give up under trial, and the trial is persecution or other difficulties, could be financial pressure, could be relationship challenges. Uh, Basically, when life goes wrong, uh, there are many different types of trials. Uh, It says, uh, because having stood the test, uh, the test here is, um, the goal of a test is that you would be approved, just like when you take a test in school or you take your driver's test, the idea is that it proves uh, that you have learned, that you've grown. And so when we've stood the test, um, that person will receive the crown of life. And that crown of life, it, it is the same word for the victor's wreath in the, in the games, the, you know, like the Olympic games or the Greek games. Um, the idea is, you know, you're an athlete who won the medal, who won the goal. And so we will have a different tests in our life. And the idea is that we would persevere, that we wouldn't give up, we wouldn't quit. And then it would show our maturity. Um, and it, then the last part, the, the Lord has promised to those who love him that that word love him, it actually is in the, the present continuous. And so, so the idea is that it, those who are continuing to love him, those who persevere because they love the Lord. But now let's go back to the word blessed. And what does that mean? Because in our culture, we we frequently think, well, blessed means uh, that I've got great health. It means that I've got the money I want and I can do the things I want and my relationships are great. And so we may think, oh, well, I'm, I'm blessed if uh, everything in my life is, is perfect. This is not quite uh, the biblical view of, of blessed, although those all of those things are blessings from God, but the the blessed it's a deeper sense of joy in God. It's confidence in God um, that God will bring His promises to pass, uh, and that we will enjoy the the blessings of a relationship in a community that that follows God. Uh, and so, blessed, when, when the word says, when the Bible says blessed, we don't want to think that, okay, if I just persevere through this trial, then I'll get out of this and everything in my life is going to be perfect. 
that's not what the Bible teaches this side of eternity. Although God does uh, bless us in that way, He allows us to experience those things, and we certainly want to call them blessings. Uh, but we will be extremely disappointed if we think that following Jesus and obeying Him means uh, that my life is going to be perfect. This this would be uh, uh, the wrong attitude to take. So we shouldn't be shocked uh, if someone in our family gets sick. We shouldn't be so- shocked if we go through difficulties. Uh, we need to understand that that's a normal part of this life, even when you're completely obedient to Jesus. Uh, pain and difficulties and trials are a normal part of life, uh, but God is working in us to mature us, as we looked at last week. But the great hope here is that the trial has a purpose, the test has a purpose, that God is is doing something good. He's revealing our faith through this. And so what can set us apart from the rest of the world is that we're not hopeless in our pain, we're not hopeless in the suffering, we're not hopeless in the trials, but we can say, okay, God is going to bless me out of this. God is going to uh, draw me closer to Him through this. He's going to mature my faith. If, if my goal in life is to have a comfortable, problem-free life, Christianity is not, not for me. If my goal is to be like Jesus and to know Jesus and have a, a relationship with Him, then trials become my ally. Trials become uh, helpful to me because they draw me closer to God and allow God to reveal my character. And as I persevere, uh, I can stand the test and God will reward me. So there is a reward for going through the trials. And when we're going through the trials, we can be tempted to blame God. But verse 13 says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. And probably what's going on in James's church is, you know, these were poor believers who were being oppressed uh, by their rich neighbors or, or rich people in their community. They were suffering and, and struggling. And so they're going through these trials and this pain, and their temptation is to say, well, this is God's fault. God, God is tempting me. He wants me to fail. He he is, is looking to see if I'm going to sin. Um, and so what James is writing, he, he says, look, when, you, when you're tempted to sin, uh, don't say God's doing it. Uh, God is not tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. He doesn't set anyone up uh, to be tempted. And, and really, the root issue here is, do they believe that God is good? Or do they believe that God is out to get them? You know, when we're discouraged and we're going through pain, we can believe, oh, God is, he, he's against me. He's out to get me. Um, he doesn't want me to succeed. He doesn't really want me to follow Jesus. And he's the one who's bringing all this into my life. But, but James is saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, hold on there. God doesn't tempt people. He allows people to go through tests. He allows us to be tempted, but God is not the one who is tempting us. It may be that this community who's, who's poor and being oppressed by the rich, um, they're suffering financially, 
there actually is a lot of anger in their hearts. And, and Scott McKnight, a biblical scholar, he says that, you know, it may be that the temptation is a desire for revenge and violence against the rich. Later in, in James 4, he brings up uh, murder, disputes, slander. And it, it could be that in response to the mistreatment and in response to the oppression, uh, the community is, is really tempted to use violence uh, against the oppressors in order to establish justice. And, and again, this is what Scott McKnight says. Um, and so James is saying, look, that does not come from God. God does not respond to oppression with violence. Uh, that's not Jesus' way. Another biblical scholar, George Stulock, uh, compares verses 2 to 4 with 13 to 15. And he, he's showing us that there are these two different options. One is the trial uh, is a form of a test that leads to perseverance and maturity. And the second is the trials a temptation that if we give in to leads to sin and death. And so what we need to focus on is... Uh, going through our circumstances in a way that honors the Lord. And again, we're tempted to blame God uh, when we go through difficulties. And, and Craig Blomberg pulls this out. He, he just he, he tells us, James asserts that God never tempts his people at any time. James doesn't claim that God never allows temptation in our lives, nor does he imply that God never tests his people. He is not denying that God does indeed subject men to testing, but he does deny the claim that God tests men with an evil intent to lead them into sin. So God's intent is always to lead us into spiritual maturity. Now verse 14, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. And so it, it starts out each person. Temptations are individual, uh, and it's, it's yours. It's mine. We need to own it. It's not coming from God. It is from our own heart, what touches my heart. And what's tempting to me probably may not be tempting to you, and what's t- a temptation for you may not be a temptation for me. Um, but it's coming from within my own heart. And dragged away is a fishing metaphor. The idea is a net that uh, you're captured by and enticed is a, is a hunting metaphor. Um, but all, both ideas are, are you, you kill what, what's captured. And so this evil desire, it's this lust, this, this strong desire that, that you are pulled away from something uh, within your heart. And it really, it means, you know, our, our sin doesn't just come out of the blue. It doesn't just come out of nowhere, but it, it starts as a thought. And then that thought starts to grow and it grows stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, and, you know, that's where, for example, the, the sin of adultery, it starts with thinking, well, I wonder what it'd be like to be like, to be with that man or to be with that woman. And then you have that one fleeting thought, and then you have uh, other thoughts, and then you start to daydream about it, and, and then you start to put yourself in a situation where you can have further conversations with this person and then be alone with this person, and uh, you begin to 
blame your spouse and say, well, if, if they were more loving, I wouldn't do this. And before you know it, sin has, has given birth. And in verse 15, it tells us that after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Um, you know, there is a, a church... Um, a church leader from centuries ago who was called the Venerable Bed. And he said this, the metaphors of growth and reproduction remind us that James is not thinking just of the major crises or blatant temptations that assault us, but also of the countless little decisions we make on a daily basis over a lifetime that mold and shape us into the people we ultimately become. Uh, you know, we, we are people who are shaped by our thoughts. And so if we allow sin to come in, um, it begins to shape us and, and we can get further and further and further away from God. Um, you know, one of the desires we can have is bitterness and if we become bitter, that, that bitterness will give birth to sin. Um, now, sin always gives birth to death. I think that's one of the, the key things we need to remember is sin leads to death. It's never just a good option that God doesn't like. It's always the worst option. It's a terrible option because it will not lead you into life. It will lead you into death. Adultery will lead you into death. Um, and it, it may not be physical death, but it brings death to your relationships. It brings death to your heart. It's not freedom. Fortunately, Jesus forgives us and can transform us. Um, but we, we will still suffer the consequences of our sin. And so, verse 16, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be kind, a kind of first fruits of all he created. And here's, here's what James is saying is, is look, don't, don't be deceived. Everything God gives is good. God is good. This is one of the most powerful truths we need to understand. God is good, and He only gives good gifts. He never gives bad gifts. And verse 18 is the sign of that. Because He, he gave us birth through the word of truth, because He renewed us in Jesus Christ, um, we know that if He gives us Jesus, will He not give us all things? And if He gave us Christ, will He not give us good things in every situation? Um, this is God's character. And we must, we must, we must believe that God is good and He doesn't change. You know, stars can change, shadows change, but God does not. He is consistent. And we are a kind of first fruits. We're a sign of the goodness that God is going to bring forth. He is going to renew all of creation. And so when we go through trials, when we go through pain, um, one, we want to see, okay, this is a test. I'm going to persevere through this, and I'm going to come out uh, on the other side like gold. I'm going to receive that crown. I'm not going to blame God. I'm not going to get angry at God. I'm going to recognize that everything God puts in my life 
is good. So I hope today helped you. I hope it prepares you for Connect Group. May God bless you, and we'll see you next time.